Turn to Proverbs chapter 14. Backsliding is a word commonly used in the midst of Christian circles, and it has to do with your progression in God is no more. And not only are you not progressing, but you're not even just staying still, you're literally going backwards. You're returning to old ways of thinking, you're returning, returning to old desires, you're returning to the things that God has delivered you out of. You're losing the joy, the peace, and the reality of faith in Christ that brought you into Christ. There's worry, doubt, fear that begins to run your life. Backsliding is when men are trying to find satisfaction in other things. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 14 says, The backslider in heart will have his fill of his own ways, which means the backslider is trying to find satisfaction himself and in himself instead of God. Turn over to Matthew chapter 20. I want to talk to you about regaining sight. So, Charles Finney said backsliding in heart is not only the cooling of spiritual feelings, but the taking back of the total consecration to God and His service that constitutes genuine conversion. I believe this is true. He also said, the backslider is the most miserable person in the world because he has too much of God to enjoy the world and too much of the world to enjoy God. I do think both of these things are true in my own heart went in or slipped into a place like this back in 2008. I was studying the Bible every day, but I had began to replace the person of God with principles. I looked at the Bible as plain truth, and I needed to live according to that truth to the best of my ability and learn as much of it as I could. I had fellowship with God that I broke into in the Browns Revival in 1996. I worked for Reinhard Bunke, until 2007, it was sweet, experiential, blissful, glorious fellowship with God for those many years. But when 2008 came, I began to slip into a theological emphasis and I began to look for my strength in the plain text and pull away from interactive heart fellowship with God. I knew about the person of Christ, the work of Christ, but I had lost the heart of Christ, or was losing it. And my fellowship with God was was really small, if at all. But my knowledge was higher than it had ever been. I was studying all the time. So uh, I feel like I began to lose my sight back in 2008. And I came to a deep place that I find here in Matthew chapter 20, look at verse 29. It says, As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, and two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly told them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. This is the perfect story to explain how Christ deals with 
the backslider, how he brings back the things that were lost. For instance, if you'll notice, it says there in the last verse, uh, Jesus touched them and immediately they regained, regained. In other words, they had sight in the past, but it had been growing dim. Maybe you're watching this right now and your experience with God was so wonderful in the past. Your perception, your faith was strong. Your fellowship with God was just so rich. But these days, you feel like your sight of Him is growing dim. I want to encourage you. The Lord wants to speak to you today. So notice here, it also says, hearing that Jesus was passing by. See, they were no longer, were not able to follow Him because they were blind. But when He came near, they could hear, like the first sight of the blind. In other words, they felt in their heart an expectation and they believed that Jesus can restore them. And it says here that they cried out. It's important that we realize our lack of sight. Oh, it's the very beginning. If we can't recognize we cannot see, then there is no way for him to deliver us out of blindness. So first, if you're watching this and you feel that your experience with God has grown very dim, recognize that. Even now, just turn your heart towards Him and say, Lord, I realize I am farther away um, than I've been. And I, I feel I'm not progressing in you. I don't enjoy you like I used to. And I feel my desires for other things and my old ways of thinking are coming back. Realize this. And then turn your eyes to look to the Lord. Say, Lord, with all your heart, say, Lord, have mercy on me. In other words, I don't deserve anything from you. But if, but if my heart could reach out to you, I would say, oh Lord, please have mercy on me. Notice that the crowd tried to silence them. You'll find that your mind, your mind is crowded. And as you begin to open up your eyes to cry out to the Lord, you open up your heart to cry out to the Lord to open your eyes you'll see all kinds of things start coming up. You did this, you did that. There's, you know, so many things that are in between you and God, all of these things. But I want to encourage you not to listen to not only what other people think about you, but what you think about yourself and look to the Lord to heal you. And it says here, um, Lord, have mercy on us. They cried out all the more. It says Jesus stopped. This gets Jesus' attention. When a man recognizes his bankruptcy and his emptiness, if you want Christ, his attention, if you want to stop Christ in his tracks, then look here on the inside at your inward bankruptcy. Oh, Lord, I need you. And you cry out from here. Oh, Lord, how blind I am. I, I To this day, I do this. I'll come in here and I'll sit down and I'll say, oh, Lord, how blind I am without you how lame I am without you. I need you so badly, my God. I need you so badly. It's this that stops Jesus right in his tracks because <laughs> he's a savior and a healer. And he loves when you give him employment to save you and to heal you. So he goes on here and it says, Jesus stopped and he called them. He says, what do you want me to do? They said, Lord, we want to regain or we want our eyes to be opened. Jesus, seeing that they realize they need him, he is moved with compassion. This touches Christ's heart. When you say in your heart, Lord, I need you. Maybe you're not backslidden. 
I'm telling you, this is a key to stopping Christ in his tracks and to getting his heart to move towards you and get fresh touches over and over again. But if you are a backslider, your heart looking up to the Lord, oh Lord, how I need you, will stop him in his tracks and he will with compassion reach out and touch you. And it is the touch of Christ you will realize that is the thing most needed in life. Uh, and their sight is regained. And look at what they do when their sight is regained. It says that they followed him. In other words, they realized it is your presence that I need and I'm going to remain here with you in your presence. My life now will be remaining near you. Follow you. They followed him. So uh, backsliding can also be seen as no longer following or remaining in the presence of the Lord. So if your heart is backslidden, recognize your blindness and with all the sincerity on the inside of you, say, Lord, I'm blind. Touch me and open my eyes. This will stop him in his tracks. He will touch you and you shall see. If you're not backslidden, but you want to go to deeper touches from the Lord, recognize again and again that apart from him, you are blind. You cannot see anything and you are incapable of following him in and of yourself and say, oh Lord, I need you. And he will touch you again and again and he will give you supernatural sight. He will give you the ability to perceive him and then you'll be able to follow him. So back to the season of my life when I had replaced the God of the word with the word of God, back to the season of my life where I had replaced the person of Christ with the principles of the word and I was more focused upon what I knew and how I performed than enjoying his sweet presence. I was so heavy with the pressures of life and it's funny how God lets these things happen to get you to realize your need of him. I remember I laid down on the bed, all kinds of pressures in, in my marriage and uh, money in uh, my body in uh, my, my daughter. Um, there was so much pressure upon me. I remember laying on the bed and so worn out, so broken that I felt I had nowhere else to go. And I said to the Lord, I said, Oh God, help me. And it was in this deep bankruptcy, the presence of the Lord flooded my heart and all the old wonders of experiencing his presence became real to me again. Because when I replaced the heart of Christ with principles, I had lost the reality to, re to perceive the, the wonders of his presence because of pride, the rising up of pride in theology and things like this began to really blind me. But when I said, oh God, help me, help me, that bankruptcy, that low place caused the waters of heaven to come in and rush in and save me. And I felt God restored my life that day. And it shifted everything. And I began to sit with the Lord in the morning instead of just study the Bible. I began to worship from my heart again. It's his presence that lifts the mud. Um, so I just want to encourage you, if you're watching this and you're backslidden, the Lord is with you and he will hear you if you will cry out to him and say, Lord, I need you. And if you're not backslidden, recognize your blindness again and again, and you will find that he always opens your eyes again and again and again. It's this deep place of humility. Oh Lord, how badly I need you. I need you, Lord. 
that puts you where you belong and puts him where he belongs. And you find life again and again. Bless you guys. Thanks so much for watching. The Lord is with you. Love him. He alone is worthy. Believe this gospel. God bless you.